So I'm reading from Psalm 13. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Good morning. So Kevin and I are here this morning um, because we wanted to share with you a journey that our small group has been on. The journey sort of started probably about a year ago um, when as a small group we decided to study the Psalms. And I think one of the things that we discovered from that study was looking at the range of emotions that Psalms convey and the way in which the psalmist wrestles with those emotions. So when we reached the end of the study, somebody, Jan, in our group said, well, what about this thing called lamenting? You know, what does it mean to lament? We've read it, read about it in the Old Testament, but as Christians today, is it still something that's very relevant to us? You know, is it something we should should be doing? <clears throat> so Kevin and I smiled and inwardly thought, yikes, and said that we would do some looking into it and then we would study it as a group. What God showed us during those studies, I think, really changed our individual and group understanding of what it means to cry out to God. So what do we do when things get tough in life? When we have pain, grief, illness, struggles? Do we moan and shout at God, but feel a bit bad for doing that? After all, as Christians and people of faith, you know, is it right that we doubt God sometimes? Maybe we just clam up, just smile, and all will be well, even if we have a well of emotions building up inside us. I think we have come to believe in our contemporary churches that God wants our strength. But actually, it is our brokenness that attracts him the most. Just let that sink in for a minute. That it is our brokenness that attracts him the most. Faking fine to God is hurting us. And it's time to break that habit. So what is lament? And more importantly, Christian lament. The dictionary definition of lament is to cry out, to express grief or sorrow, or to express regret or disappointment. However, in the Bible, it is much more than that. It is a journey or a pathway through which God takes us from grief to trust. 
from struggle to believe. So let's look back to Psalm 13. It begins with David crying out to God, Oh long, how long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? In verses 1 and 2, he is turning his heart to God, turning to prayer. It's nothing fancy, but honest and open-hearted. He pulls no punches with God. In the book of Job, Job cries out to God many times. In Job 7, he complains about the futility of life, the sores and maggots on his skin, the anguish of his spirit, and the bitterness of his soul. He again does not hold back. Paul cries out to God in 2 Corinthians 12 about the thorn in the flesh to be taken from him. I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it from me. Jesus cries out to the Father on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So the very first thing that we need to do in our own pain and distress, like Job, like Paul, like Jesus, is to actually address and turn to God. We need to turn to God through prayer, push our hearts towards God, despite our desire to manage things in our own strength or our desire to clam up. We need to resolve to pray and to keep praying. It takes faith to turn to God and to pray to him when we're in pain or despair. Being in silence can often create silent despair and that can be so destructive personally and it can block our relationship with God. To lament to God directs our emotions and stops us becoming bitter, angry, or even more overwhelmed by our emotion. To turn to God is not a failure of faith, but an act of faith. We cry out directly to God because deep down we know that our relationship with God counts. It counts to us and it counts to God. Oh God, I turn to you. Lord, I need you. Father, hear my heart. The next part of a lament prayer is to clearly express to God what the issue is, what the complaint is. In Psalm 13, David tells God what he's struggling with. How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? The book of Lamentations, written probably by the prophet Jeremiah, cries out to God after the Babylonians conquer Jerusalem. In it, he expresses his deep shame and grief over the destruction of their home and the state that they're left in. And he calls out for God to rescue them. We need to pray out to God our questions, our struggles and pain with honesty and with an open heart. 
And if we find the right words difficult to express, we can always go to the Bible itself and look for passages such as the Psalms to help us find the right words. We need to get and be real with God. Suddenly we've connected with God, brought our sorrow, our pain, our questions to him. My grief is overwhelming me. Lord, I feel so alone. Lord, I'm struggling to cope with my daily physical pain. Why is this happening? This is rubbish. When will I get a job? I'm so angry with. Why did they say do that? How am I going to get through this treatment? Now comes the turning point of biblical lament. This is where biblical lamenting is different from just crying out. At this point, we need to ask God to act according to his character. We need to boldly ask God for help based on who he is and his promises. In Psalm 22, David who is in anguish, insulted by others and surrounded by his enemies, writes, But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions. We can ask God to act, Perhaps it might be in a physical way, or spiritually, or emotionally, or all of those. We can ask God to comfort us in our pain, to give us strength to face our illness, or the breakdown in a relationship, to heal us physically or spiritually, to give us wisdom to understand a painful situation, to give us his love when we feel hate or anger towards another. Dear Lord, give me the courage to face my pain. Oh Lord, help me to have the strength to pray for the person I can't forgive. Father, I ask for your healing and comfort whilst I'm in hospital. Help me, Lord, just to get through today. Give me patience, Lord, to deal and love with my parent with dementia. At times when we reach this stage in lamenting, we confidently call on God to act. However, we can be in a situation of not yet. It is important, though, that we continue to pray and call on God. A lament prayer is not a one-stop shop where everything gets sorted. So often we need to keep praying, keep calling out and keep trusting to God. Sometimes God does not change the situation such as Paul's thorn in the flesh, but gives us the extra grace needed to manage, understand or grow through it. Paul wrote... My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 
Paul came to realise that the purpose of this thorn was to stop him becoming conceited, to keep him humble. Finally, in Psalm 13, after turning to God, expressing his pain and calling to God, David chooses to trust and praise God. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. As we bring our grief, sorrows and pain to God, we grow in our ability to trust him. We can even ask God for more strength to help us to keep trusting. I bring my job interview to you, Lord, and I trust in your plans for me. Lord, I remember when I was in this situation in the past and you came through for me. So, Lord, I'm going to trust you again. Father, your word tells us not to be afraid. So I'm going to trust you as I travel to hospital today. Sometimes by choosing to trust God, our area of of pain can actually become a platform or point from which we can worship. Sounds crazy, I know. God showed Paul that his thorn in his flesh was not taken away for a reason, and Paul trusted God. In fact, Paul praises God by stating that he will boast in his weakness because it is through his weakness that God is stronger. I'm sure like all of you, we've all had moments of crying out to God at at different points in our lives. Um, I just wanted to share with you um, one of mine. So our daughter Isabel was born uh, profoundly disabled, mentally and physically disabled. And I can remember, oh, she might have been a couple of months old and I think she was in bed asleep. And I remember going into our bedroom sort of sitting on the floor and just sobbing, crying out to God. We'd had absolutely no idea that this was going to happen before she was born. And initially we weren't really aware of it and things started to um, become more obvious as time went by. And I just remember sitting on the floor sobbing, crying out to God. I don't remember being angry with God. I think that's probably just to do with who I am as a person. But and I'm sure lots of people in their moments when they cry out to God do feel anger. But I just remember sobbing and I remember I actually spoke out loud to God. I said to God, you know, what's this all about? I don't understand. I've got all this pain, Father. You know, all these expectations that are now turning into something else. And then God spoke to me quite clearly in my head. And from then on, we knew that God was actually in control of this situation. We could trust him. The situation didn't change. In fact, in worldly terms, the situation got worse. But I think for us as a family and for me individually, I knew that I could trust God. And as we look back at the things that then happened after that I can see God's timing in certain things I can see God's support and then God's comfort Um, so although at that time I didn't understand what a lament prayer was 
in my crying out to God and God answering me and then us trusting God. You know, it made such a difference to that situation. So do we need to lament personally as Christians in this modern world or is it just something from the Old Testament? To take our pain, sorrows and struggles to God, to pour our heart out to him, to invite him in to help and to trust him is vital to our growth and relationship with God. So yes, I really believe that we should. It gives us meaning and a pathway through which we can travel with God, processing our heartbreak. Our circumstances may or may not change, but we have invited the almighty God to walk with us. Someone suggested this morning that I've gone second because it's the only time I have the last word on Ruth. That's not true. That's really not true. (laughs) Um, I just want to share a little bit more about lament and what it means uh, to me. What we've come to understand it, but more sort of in relation of what lament is compared to praise, the balance, and what it means perhaps as a church and doing it more corporately as well. I want to read a verse from Galatians, Galatians 6.2. Simple, short verse. Share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. Or the other version I've got is carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. I used to think lament was a a personal thing. It was a regret. I'd done something wrong and I needed to regret it and that was it. And clearly that's what Ruth just shared with us. That's not true. It's more than that. But actually, there's an even greater element because lament, it can be about something that I haven't done, something that's going on in the world. For example, Ukraine at the moment, we can lament of what's going on in Ukraine. Yeah? It's nothing we've done, but we need to cry out to God for what's going on there. There are other, Afghanistan, Syria, there's, we, we, we can all quote things. But there's also an element that says it's not just about what I feel. Sometimes there's a corporate element that we need to come together. We need to come together and look at that. So I want to look... You know, like all good sermons are three points, so I've got five. <clears throat> the first one is, lament when you compare it to praise or in relationship to praise. They are both responses to reality. Okay. They are both responses to reality. Praise is recognizing the reality of who God is. Awesome God, high overall, in charge of everything, majestic, all-powerful. And it's right to praise him. But lament can be a reflection of our broken world. And that's, that's a reality as well. They are both realities. When I was looking at this, though, just looking at it on the praise side... 
the songbook of the Bible, you know, the Psalms, roughly about a third of the Psalms are Psalms of lament. When we go through our library or our canon of modern worship songs, in fact, maybe hymns generally, how many of them have lament in them? Someone did a review um, of a, in, a, in North America of uh, worship songs that were sung, and only 5% had an element of lament in them. Now, being the mathematician in me, I worked out what that means. That means about one a month for us, or 12 a year, if we apply it here. It's quite hard to find songs with lament in That last one was beautiful. But actually, that just made me think, have we got the balance quite right in our response, in those responses to reality, that praise and that uh, lament? There's also, second point, a shared theology. Throughout the Bible, time and time again, their, cry, their lament. We've already talked about Psalm. Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Sounds familiar, doesn't it? That's what Jesus cried out on the cross. Yeah. Why are you so far from me, saving me so far from my cries of anguish? And then verse 19, do not be far from me, you are my strength, come quickly to me. Verse 20, deliver me from the sword. Verse 21, rescue me from the mouth of the lions. Ruth shared some of this, but it's true. This, this is the theology that goes through scripture. Okay. We talked about crying out to God. I've raged to God. Ruth has. You know some of our story. It's all right to do that. In fact, I'd suggest it's healthy to do that. Because God, one, God knows us. Two, he wants a relationship with us. And a relationship needs to be built on being authentic with each other. God's big enough to deal with that. Psalm 51.7 says, My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. Isaiah 66.2 says, These are the ones I look on with favour, those who are humble and contrite in spirit, who tremble at my word. It's good to be like that before God and let him speak to us. Praise recognises God for who he is. Lament challenges God to act, as Ruth said, in accordance with his will. But actually there's a common theology that goes throughout the whole of Scripture. Thirdly, lament and praise together strengthen the community. They strengthen the church. Okay? I don't know if you noticed it, but hope now. What's their strap line? Defender. Was it defend the weak and the fatherless? I think it was. You know, that's Psalm 82.3. Defend the weak and the fatherless. Uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. Walk, stand with those who are struggling. How often have we come into church and people have asked us, how are you? And we put our Sunday face on and we go fine when we're broken inside. Because we think church isn't the place to share those emotions. But it's exactly the place to share those emotions. Thank you, Judith. Yeah. 
Because if we don't, how long before those people turn around and go, that church, it's all about being happy and not being real. Let's be real. Let's sit with each other. Do you know, that's one of the reasons why we also do short-term mission trips as a church, or we used to before COVID. Because we could send people out to places we had relationships with. Ukraine. I went to Sierra Leone. Ruth went to China. It builds relationships. It puts feet on our prayers, tears in our eyes, and a desire for justice in our hearts. coming closer to home isn't that what the hub's doing isn't it saying those people who are coming to the hub you're important to us, you're important to God you're struggling, we'll walk with you that's if you like an act of lament rather than a prayer of lament We want to be authentic community. We've got to allow the space for those difficulties to be expressed, to be shared, to be recognised and be brought before God. A while ago, um, I think it was from up here, Deb Snook shared the, the phrase, standing in the gap. I think it was Deb's. And that's actually what we're saying. We want to stand in the gap with each other, support each other, and with those who are there. But also, moving on to my fourth point, it helps us raise a voice. It gives us activism because it turns around and it says, these things are important. You know, if you want to look at what God says about it, read Isaiah 1. Basically, God tears the children of Israel off a strip. He, he doesn't hold his punches. He just turns around and he says things like, stop bringing meaningless offerings. Uh, offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. When you spread out your hands, I hide my eyes from you. And then he tells them, wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Basically, he's saying, your praise, unless it's, it's sort of mirrored with acts of lament or acts of, uh, of service and your heart isn't in it, then actually it devalues our praise. And that might be quite tough to hear. James 2, 14 to 17. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace and keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by actions, is dead. If we want our praise to have value, we need the acts and the prayers and the heart of lament as well. It is right and proper that we praise God. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying we don't do that. It is right, it is proper. He is God, he is almighty in charge, but we need to balance these things out. And it is possible to change God's mind. Children of Israel, as Chris reminded us a few weeks ago, when being chased by uh, um, Pharaoh's chariots, they cried out and God heard them and, and acted. 
God argued with Abraham about saving Sodom and Gomorrah. But actually, we ask ourselves, what gets under our skin? What makes us passionate? The danger is no passion, no raising of voices, no crying out for justice. What's the result of that? We don't raise them anywhere. And we've become complacent, ineffectual, and perhaps irrelevant to the world we live in. We need to have that voice. It's important. Freedom to lament allows us to get fired up about injustice in communities, in situations, in the world. And it allows us to lay them at the feet of God again and again and again. Lament should be an expression of our passion and desire to see injustices in the world addressed by God. Finally, lament and praise stand together. If you have praise without lament, has been suggested, you get a, perhaps a slightly spiritual, superficial spirituality because it's all about saying nice things to God rather than about having an authentic relationship. But if you have lament without praise, the danger is you just complain and you don't remember who God is and actually it can weaken, dissolve and even kill our faith. So we need both. They are essential to each other. So let's praise God together. That's good. But let's recognize the difficulties of our broken world. Let's recognize the struggles each other's facing. Let's recognize what's going on and let's bring them before God. We can do that this afternoon for Ukraine, but there will be other opportunities. Okay. There's a phrase that came across that I love, and it was, praise brings earth to heaven, and lament brings earth before heaven. Okay. Praise brings heaven to earth. We feel the presence and blessing of God. But lament brings earth before heaven, where we can share our heartache. We can share the brokenness of our world. We can ask God to act, to get involved, to reconcile and, and, and solve problems. So what can we do? Well, we can perhaps recognize lament for what it is. We can bring it into our conversations. We can walk with people who are struggling and believe me, that is a wonderful privilege. So we can walk, we can talk, we can pray, perhaps we can teach. And I don't know, it's difficult with worship songs, it's so limited, but actually maybe we need to be part of our worship a little bit more as well. So let's just, let's just embrace it and put it together with our praise and say this is important. This is what makes us strong. This is what builds community. And this helps us stand together. Thank you.